Chapter 33, Simplicity In the wake of Andromeda leaving, they talk a little, discussing Sirius's family. He tries his best to remember whatever he can from that night, but it's still all entirely flashes, some that add up now into a vaguely clearer picture, puzzle pieces slotting together, brown eyes through darkness, now familiar fingers sliding roughly over skin, gripping, digging in possessively, that white-hot burst of pleasure pain at his side. He thinks he remembers singing to the moon as he'd walked the pavements in the early morning hours, calling to it like he'd already known, somehow. There's a voice mixed into all of it, also familiar but not his own, but Sirius can't pin it down. As the days pass, time slipping by, growing longer and shorter all at once, stealing his breath, whatever hope Andromeda had brought with her arrival and departure fades away. They don't hear from her again. Remus tries to talk to James, begs and pleads, but the other man won't hear him, won't even open his door anymore. Sirius hates it, knows that what Remus is doing is only making it worse on his friends, but the choices they're left with are dwindling quickly, turning to nothing, and Sirius begins to accept. A forceful, belligerent knock sounds on the door a few days after Andromeda's visit. When Remus pulls it open, James barrels in, anger present in his eyes surrounded by despair, a war raging that Sirius can see just as clearly as he's always been able to read everything in his friend. I want you gone, he snarls at Remus, who flinches back on instinct under the sudden weight of James's ire. Someone's been skulking around Mungo's, and I know it's you. I'm done with this, whatever games you're playing. You have two days. James stops, gaze flickering around the space, like he's desperately searching for something he can't find, and all Sirius wants to do is touch him, scream at his friend until he hears him, but it'll do no good. We're placing the flat for sale in a week once everything is. James stops, choking a little. Remus visibly rocks, his mouth dropping open in some unfettered emotion. James glares at him devastatingly, and before Remus can say anything, Sirius's friend is gone again. Remus has to pack, has no choice in the matter. James won't rest, Sirius knows that. He'll chuck Remus out without his things if he's angry and miserable enough, and Sirius thinks he likely is. There's a muted sense of horrendous certainty hanging in the air around them constantly now. Remus doesn't work, says there are more important things, and Sirius can't find it in himself to argue, though he knows he should. There's a palpable ending surrounding them, thick and slimy, coating their skins in blackness that creeps and infects, festering like rampant disease. I'm not ready to let you go, whispers Remus in the early morning light. He hasn't slept, instead spending the dark hours studying Sirius, mapping his body with eyes and fingers, like he's been memorizing hills and valleys, Sirius doing the same, taking whatever he can cling to as the void encroaches, rearing its head, making itself known. I'm not ready to go, breathes Sirius into the wisps of light, watching the way they dance over scarred flesh, causing the white lines to glitter like fascinating jewels. I liked my life. Maybe it seemed boring from the outside. There wasn't much in it except Lily and Harry and James, but it was still my life. Maybe it was boring and trivial. I didn't have a job. I drank too much because why not? Half the time, I never came home, because I never had anything to come home to or to come home for. 
Sirius looks over Remus, drinking him in. For once, I feel like that could have been different. I could have been happy. With you. With you, my life would have mattered more. They spend their last day and night like this, together, wrapped in arms holding too tightly that neither complains about and never will. They talk quietly, words passed on sighs, whispered ideals, hopes, ignoring as much as they can the careening truth of what's to come. Hands rove over flesh, cling in a desperation they can feel in their bones, mouths locking and unlocking only to find it again and again, pulled to one another, bodies straining together, rolling and heaving, breathless cries filling the spaces around them like insulation, guarding against the world beyond their created nest. If there are tears that leak from eyes, they say nothing about them, swiping them away from cheeks with gentle fingers and soft lips. When the time comes, James is there to make sure Remus follows through. Sirius watches from where he stands in front of the empty fireplace, all the warmth evaporating from the room, Remus pausing as James opens the door. He looks back, meets Sirius's eyes, wordless things passing between them that don't require anything more, except that Sirius wants it, all of it, everything he can gain. He's not ready. Remus leaves, doesn't come back. He can't. It takes days, probably. Days trickling away around him as he stands in the same spot, unmoving, but Sirius begins to slip and fade, pieces of himself breaking off, falling to that void until it sucks him in whole, whatever remains, even simplicity of living ceasing to mean anything at all.